Hey everybody, Dave Hagan here. There's new legislation to create a new four day work week. You know I'm interested in that. So we'll talk about it. That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Financial Wellness Podcast, or the TFWP, as we like to call it. You're listening to episode 516. That's season five, episode 16. And we're going to talk about new possible legislation, state and federal, to mandate a four-day week of work. So let's look around the room and see who's with me here today. Oh, look, it's our announcer, Nick Appel. Nick, how you doing? Good. Does that mean you're giving me only four days of work this week, Dave? Well, that would be fair. You know, what would we all do at that that extra day, that fifth day? I'm sure we could come up with something, right? Hey, hey if you want to come to the beach in San Diego, Cowabunga, dude. Sounds good. Sounds good. Hey, I was down there a couple uh, weeks ago. The, the wife's firm um, had some outrigger canoe races. So we went down and over by SeaWorld and they were out really? there racing, racing in this flat water. Um, I couldn't uh, help out because I had like, 10 days before that had my hip replaced. So I was, you know, a slug, but I sat there on a, on a bench and watched all this going on. It looked, looked pretty fun to me. And you didn't call me, Dave. Oh, I know. I'm well, so disappointed. We drove down. She raced. We, we drove back. What can I, what can I say? <laughs> you know, I wasn't a ball of fun that day, but at least I went along. Hey, you're a busy man. I get it. There we go. So as most of our listeners know, I am forever intrigued by things like work schedules and work conditions and and work habits. And we've certainly talked about the four-day work week a couple of times here on the show. Look about 18 months ago, two years ago, uh, we did a show called The Four-Day Work Week. And the, the conversation focused around the fact that studies were seeming to show that people would be uh, more um, productive if they had a, a four-day work week. And I think I've related to you before, Nick, that um, you know I'm kind of envious of a relative of mine, a nurse, and she's almost always worked uh, you know, four days a week. Now, admittedly, she works really hard, I think 10 hours, um, on the days that she works. Those are tough days, but you know, if you're working, those days are mostly shot anyway. But she has so much more flexibility when you have three days off than than two. Um, and I've always been a little bit um, green with envy uh, about that. Now, when I was coming up, we all just worked five days a week. Um, in fact, we worked long days. I think I've told the story that when I started with this law firm, we would always leave after the partners leave because we wanted them to know that we were committed and loved the law. And so we would sit there. And of course, once the partners left, we'd clear out too. But um, we always made a point to be there. And 
I got to tell you, um, there were a lot of Saturdays, probably most Saturdays that the wife and I would go into the office um, because I remember talking to someone back in the day and they said, uh, you know, uh, Jerry Buss and Frank Mariani have always said that if you really want to get ahead, you got to work that six day, you got to work that Saturday. You know who Jerry Buss and Frank Mariani are, Nick? No, not so much. They were the Lakers. owners of the Lakers. Very good. Now everyone knows that because winning time is out, right? I was um, just gonna say, Dave. I, I I think I only know winners. I, I don't know about this team, this super team, as super they say. Team. And I got to tell you, I mean, as, since you brought it up, um, I had an opportunity one time to have lunch uh, with Doctor Bus and Frank Mariani, um, and we we ate in a restaurant right next to the Forum Club. It was his private um, lunch place, and um, he, they really weren't anything like the, the way they're being portrayed. I'm um, in the show. Um, you know, Bus was always a riverboat gambler, but he was so incredibly shrewd, not kind of the yokel that they make him out to be. And Mariani was a, you know, a, a disciplined man. He was the finance side. And so he didn't have the, you know, the greasy floppy hair and the big belly running around. I mean, maybe they both had bellies, but not like they're doing it in the show. So, um, you know, take that with a grain of salt. I thought they were way more interesting and cultured and refined and disciplined than what the show um, is, is portraying them as. But we digress because we're going to be talking about the four-day work week. So there was a report recently in, in Fortune magazine. And yes, I said Fortune magazine. So you can tell your friends next time you get together you're going to say, yes, I saw, I heard about a piece in Fortune magazine. And they'll go, you read Fortune? And you'll say, doesn't everyone? So Fortune had this article that was about a new bill that was introduced in the California State Assembly known as AB 2932. And as Nick knows, AB stands for Assembly Bill 2932. And that would lower the maximum threshold for overtime pay from 48 hours to 32 hours for companies with over 500 employers. And this assembly- would be wild, Dave. Sorry for interrupting. This would be wild for employment attorneys. They would oh, love this. All over the place, right? The, the two assembly people that co-sponsored it, Christina Garcia and Evan Lowe, they co-authored the bill, hasn't been set for a hearing yet. But the state of California is contemplating simply passing a law that says, look, 32 hours, eight hours a day for four days is the new maximum work week. And if somebody works more than that, like if they work that fifth day, they're entitled to overtime, typically time and a half. Now, if that's not bad enough, because, you know, California does crazy stuff, the U.S. House of Representatives has something before it that's, that's similar. Congressman Mark Takano out of Riverside, from California, of course, has introduced legislation that again, would reduce the work week from 42 to, or 40 to 32 hours. And fortune seems to think, again, when you're with your friends, you could say, well, what I heard from fortune was 
that these bills are unlikely to pass, but it could. I mean, it could pass in Cali. I mean, anything happens out here in Cali, but it raises some some interesting um, observations. And of course, I can see the look on Nick's face as a critical thinking lawyer now. He, he's like, what the hell? How is this going to change things? What are the opportunities to, to you know, look for, for unclear issues? What are the litigation downsides of this kind of thing? Um, but I think it's going to create some problems. But here are some interesting observations, at, at least from for me. You know, one is um, we don't work that much, even at 40 hours a week. During the industrial age, heck, everybody worked 12 to 15 hours a day, six days a week. That was the norm. Now, I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound like any fun at all. And these weren't desk jobs, typically. This was you know, making stuff in a factory, putting blanks in a stamping machine, heating stuff up, cutting stuff up. These were these were tough jobs. But could you imagine, Nick, 12 to 15 hours a day, six days a week? Dave, I think you have to do whatever your employer will pay you. And if you don't like that employer, then work for someone else. Well, of course, go work for someone else or create your own job, right? The old, the old Facebook thing, uh, who was the actor... Um, who uh, said that to um, the Winklevoss or the Winklevi? I think it was Je- Jesse something. It's, if we don't, if you don't like uh, here at Harvard, we don't we don't teach you necessarily to go and get a job. We we teach you how to figure out how to make your own job. Interesting perspective from the the, the dean at um, um, you know at Harvard. But man. We used to work a lot. And the eight-hour workday was only recently done, and it was considered kind of radical. Um, In 1914, Henry Ford, yes, that Ford, doubled the pay for his workers and reduced the workday from nine hours to eight hours. And people went crazy. They said, what the hell are you doing? We got these people working these long, hard hours. And he said, no, I, I think that we can get enough done in that period of time. And I want my people to have money and I can sell these cars like crazy and still make money. So I'm going to pay them twice as much and we're going to reduce the the workday. And as time went along, studies seemed to show that eight hours, at least in production jobs, was about the peak of, of production. After that, people started to lose focus. After that, people started to incur more injuries, which are always expensive for a business, um, especially workers' compensation um, states, but it's expensive to have your people get hurt. You don't want to have that happen. And after eight hours, it seemed to happen with higher um, frequencies. And and then studies seem to show that um, overtime was effective, but but only in small doses. After a couple months, someone who had worked long, hard um, overtime, uh, again, didn't focus and was more prone to, to getting injured. And that's why they they wanted this this eight hour. Um, workday. And this became kind of the the norm. I mean, Nick, you and I, and we've always seen eight hours, five days a week. That's always the way it's been. I mean, it's true, but I mean, you know, one thing to always discuss back from Ford's era in the tens until now, a hundred years, 110 years later, I mean, there was no minimum wage back then. Minimum wage wasn't a thing until the thirties. And I only know that because my law school report was on the FLSA or the Fair Labor Standards Act. Okay. 
All right. So you got more knowledge about this than uh, all the rest of us combined, probably. I, I, I mean, arguably, but kudos, kudos. I, but but I, I mean, you know, some people in the United States are not even paid overtime because the type of work that they do, such as agricultural work, um, is not considered overtime, or it's not constituted. They, the work that they do will not constitute. Um, over time, which well, is very I'll, interesting. Yeah, I want to talk in, in a few minutes about the California um, concept uh, about someone being an exempt employee. And if someone turns out to be an exempt employee, they don't get overtime and all those a lot of those benefits as well. But we'll, we'll get to that in, in just a couple minutes. Um, but going through this, this uh, walk through history, you know, we started to come into the office age or the computer age or the information age. And it seemed to be that people's peak productive period every day was only six hours. And remember, Nick, we about a year ago, we were talking about the fact that, hey, if, if you're in the office um, eight hours, chances are maybe five are going to be productive. We've talked about when lawyers write down their billing, and you and I talked about this when you were, were looking at jobs, that if, if you're going to bill eight hours, you got to be there 10, 11 hours. There's, there's just a a period of time when people have to go to the bathroom and have something to eat and talk with other people and check their email and, and all that kind of stuff. So to take that, that thought even further, remember we did an episode that dealt with a study out of England and, and this study um, showed that if you were there eight hours, that you will really only work in three. So maybe there are, you know, productivity gains to be gained, especially in the information age out there, but, uh, I don't know. It's it's hard just to see a law come down. We're just going to say, hey, the work week is is shorter. Um, two, it only applies to businesses with over 500 employees, poor, large business. You start to see so many jobs now or so many laws that only apply to um, employees of large businesses. So the larger you get, the more overhead you have and the more difficult it is Um to remain competitive. So I think that this gives a competitive advantage to small businesses. Interesting, Dave. I have the complete opposite view. How, how so? I mean, I, I think that when there's more regulation towards these big businesses, mm -hmm. that in general, the regulation is good for the business. And typically, when there's a smaller business, they give you more leeway to do what you want. And we have not directly discussed it, but the hybrid work week, like for, for example, Google just went to a, well, it, it's basically similar to this, but it's a three day in office and two day out of office mm -hmm. work week. Mm -hmm. And many, many people on LinkedIn, social media site are saying it's very beneficial towards it. And I think if there was some type of regulation that would regulate this, um, similar to the House of Representatives, as we've spoken about, like AB 2932, with a slight modification, I think it'd be beneficial for the entire country. Yeah. I mean, we have a little difference of opinion or, or view of things. It seems to me that you get larger and it becomes more complicated and expensive to operate. And I think that creates problems. I think it potentially, if this were just a pass in California, not nationwide, it would potentially um, drive people, you know, out of out of California. 
um, and 500 employees seems kind of, you know, arbitrary to me, but that's, that's me. I've never worked for a big company. Um, and then you say, well, if they're regulated, I, I don't know if it's a regulation, it's a requirement. You know? But I mean, but I mean, also it only take effect on companies like Google, Facebook, Microsoft, you know, a top, top 500 fortune company, because you can't do that at Starbucks. You, you can't make drinks from home at Starbucks. Right. Well, that's true, but we're not talking about working at home. We're talking about a four-day work week. We're talking about reducing 40 hours to 32 and paying people the same. So it's like giving everyone a raise, about a 10% raise. But but what if most people are hourly? Would that still apply? Yeah. Yeah. You you'd you'd still have to you'd still have to pay them. Absolutely. That would be a full, a full work week. I would think, you know, the legislation is new. We haven't had a chance to like break it open and look at it, but um, these people aren't going to take a cut in pay. That's not going to happen. They're going to expect to make the same amount of money. Interesting thought. So, so so hypothetically they would expect a larger pay per hour. Absolutely. Interesting. Because and if, they, and if they work that for that fifth day, they're going to expect time and a half. Of course. Of right. Of course. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't take away benefits and you can't reduce somebody's pay. I mean, I just assumed that, you know, people's pay is going to remain the same. They're just going to be there less. I don't know. See, see but then this is getting kind of off the point, but then benefits mm-hmm. would have to change. I mean, what would be considered a full work week? Like, for example, when I went to apply for a job, a full work week was 40 hours. Mm-hmm. So now would a full work week be considered 32 hours? Sure. And then would I be considered for full benefits at that time? It's I, very, it's I very abs- interesting. Very I interesting. absolutely think so. Yeah, I, I absolutely um, think so. So it's like, the, you know, if somebody, if a company needs someone on that fifth day, do you think they're going to have that person come in on the fifth day and give them time and a half for eight hours? Don't or, see it. They're going to get somebody else. I was just going to say, fire a, uh, hire a temp. Yeah. They might I, do it. Hire a temp or that former full-time job at 40 hours that covered five days now becomes two part-time jobs at three and two days where there are no benefits. Dave, so you're, you're could, actually sliding backwards. We could go on for hours <laughs> about this. I know. I know. <laughs> and I, I think that, you know, this will... the these laws would only apply to a a slice of the the workforce. Um, I just want to give an example in in California. In California, we have what are called exempt employees. And exempt employees um, are exempt from the overtime and minimum wage and rest break requirements and all that kind of stuff. Basically, these are people that you can pretty much abuse. Um, And exempt employees, of which you're one, Nick, there are three requirements. One, that they have to have a minimum salary, and that's got to be twice the state's minimum wage for full-time employment. So it's got to be someone who's making, you know, a nice piece of money, not a lot, but a nice piece of money. Two, uh, the employee has to be performing, um, you know, administrative, what they call white-collar duties, administrative, executive, professional tasks. Um, so these are, you know, these are office people. These are people that are making decisions. And, and the third requirement is, um, the employee needs to be um, exercising independent judgment. So they have to have duties that involve discretion. But 
as you you can now figure out, um, Nick, you're you're an exempt employee as a lawyer. Um, I'm an exempt employee. If I was an employee, I work for myself. I was going to um, say, Dave. <laughs> right, right. Well, but the the thing about working, you know, the thing about working for yourself is you always know your your boss is a hard ass. But, <laughs> and and going back to taxes, that's why we get taxed differently. Absolutely. To the to the last episode. To the last episode. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. But there, there's a lot of people in California. And again, this is just California's requirement. It may vary dramatically from state to state, but you know, the attorneys, the accountants, the professionals, the managers, the da, 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 but certainly not the people that are on the line out there making the product. They'll all be covered by this, this new law. So um, it's going to apply to, to different employees. Can you imagine if you're an exempt employee and you've been working 10 hour days and on Friday, nobody comes in, but you still got to be there shoveling the Shinola. That would kind of bum me out. How do you define a Shinola? Uh, you know, look, look it up in your funk and Wagnalls. What can I say? <laughs> now, you know, a, a lot of uh, the people that are supporting this, in fact, the people who propose the laws have um, cited a, a study in, in Finland, and they and they did a study with um, uh, county employees for the city of Reykjavik, I believe, and they said, "Oh, there's all these these great results." But you know, this was confined to public employees, the the public sector, not private employees, and and a lot of times people who are public employees, public servants, have different, very different. Um, uh, ways of thinking about the, the job that they do and what they have to produce and how often they have to be there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know that, you know, the dramatic success in Finland that they all talk about is really completely um, that relevant. Although, I mean, it's interesting to look at. Um, they did a survey, or Microsoft ran a, a sample program, not a survey, in um, their Tokyo office, and they found that shorter work weeks resulted in, in some cases, more than 40% productivity. So there are some, some studies, there are some test programs that are out there that, that show that there is increase in productivity. Um, but again, that's, that's more anecdotal, not necessarily statistically accurate. But Dave, I'll say this, and I think it's very important. And this is kind of, this kind of goes to my point of having a hybrid work week. Mm -hmm. compared to this four-day work week. Mm -hmm. And it's that as a professional now, I realize that it's much harder to get into a dentist or to see a doctor on a weekend. And that I'll have to take off work during the typical five-day work week mm -hmm. here in America and mm -hmm. mm -hmm. possible PTO or paid time off to go and see a doctor. Whereas if we have these four-day work weeks, or this hybrid type work week, then I think this might be beneficial to any parent who has children and needs to get in during the week so they can enjoy their weekend. So what are you I'm, saying? Friday's doctor day? A Friday? I mean, why does it have to be a Friday? I mean, why, why, if you have 500 employees, well, I can't one take off on a Monday, one take off on a Tuesday, Yeah, you can et cetera. Spread it out. Yeah. Why not? Or, why not? Or if you got a good employee and they say, I need two hours on Tuesday morning, you just go fine, go do what you got to do. Come back as you quickly can. We'll, we'll miss the hell out of you, but we'll support you while you're taking care of your health. I've never had now, a problem with that. Now, now, now you say a good employee. I say, why not 
have a good employer, I mean, I, I would suspect that a good employer would allow you to do that. Well, you would you would think, and and a good employer <laughs> would be more inclined to stretch for a good employee, right? If you got someone that just comes back from vacation from two weeks, uh, and they go, oh, I need uh, tomorrow. I know I'm back today, but tomorrow I need four hours to go to my finger doctor. Uh, you know, the employer go, come on, you should have got that done. It's like, who was it? Oh, back in the day, Pips, Scotty Pippen. He he. Uh, he had his surgery late enough in the summer or whatever, so that he missed the first half of the season because he was trying to make a point. You remember that? I do. People were just incensed about that and, and you know, probably rightly so. Um, you know, another thought about this law is it, it's probably different for businesses. It's a different analysis for businesses that need someone there every day. I was thinking about like Home Depot. If someone was doing a task that needed to be done five days a week, and now they only are working four, you're going to hire someone to come in, you're going to hire a temp, um, are they going to do as good a job? Um, I think it's going to make a difference, uh, or would potentially make a big difference uh, for companies that, that need, you know, people there. Yeah, possibly. A good side effect, people will have more time on their hands to spend their money. Who spoken like a true capitalist, right? When Henry Ford increased wages and gave more time off, everyone thought that he was just crazy. And he said, no, I think my people are going to buy my cars. And they did. His employees could then afford to buy the car and had time to go buy them. And they bought buckets load of those black cars and made Ford a very rich man. So maybe, I mean, just maybe a, a law like this might even stimulate the economy, the consumer Buying engine is a pretty strong driver of the, the U.S. economy. You know, another insight is, gosh, COVID has changed our thinking not only about where we work, but how much we work. I think we're all looking at that and analyzing that and saying, geez, do I really want to spend my time in a car commuting to work for a little bit more money? Can I, can I do something that I can support myself on something less, maybe support myself and accomplish my financial goals? on something less. Um, it's really changed our thinking. And it's really only been what two years ago last month, uh, that we went down the, the rabbit hole that was COVID-19. Um, I'm not sure that this law will change things that much for the better. Um, but I, but I do think it's going to cause us to think a lot more. You know, I, I prefer market forces making these kinds of changes. And that's why we've talked about the, the great recession or the red great resignation on the show so many times, because it's people usually in the lower earning levels saying, uh, you know, you want to pay me uh, 10 bucks, 12 bucks to clean restrooms. Nah, I'm not going to do that. The employer has to come back and go, well, would you, would you do it for 17? Well, maybe I, I love those market forces and, and people's, self-respect to their effort and, and all those things, forcing up the price of those kinds of things that need to be done and people getting paid really, you know, what it's, what it's worth. But Dave, um, but Dave, yeah. what about, what about $6 and 50 cent gas taxes? <laughs> don't even, don't even start me with that. I want to do a whole show on that, but, but people, people at the office go, did you see gas? 
gas was $6.30. And I said, good. I hope it goes up more. How can you say that? I made sure. Tesla. Well, even before (laughs) that, I started buying electric cars. We had a, a couple of the Chevy Volts because you know, back a couple of administrations ago when it was equally high, I said, I'm just not going to leave myself in a position for someone to abuse me like that. So we'll spend a, we'll spend a whole nother episode talking about that and electric cars and, and that kind of stuff. But it's a problem. You go to fill up your, your car and it's a buck and a quarter, buck and a half. Um, that's a problem for, for anybody. But, you know, getting back to this, this market forces thing, um, there was a study that was done and they found that 77 or, or 76% of Gen Z respondents said that a four-day work week would influence who they want to work for. And, you know, if a company is thoughtful enough to offer that in some way, I think that that gives them a competitive advantage. I think that's some, why some of your internet companies are doing this. It seems to be the the perks used to be like the indoor slide and the free dry cleaning and the cafeteria and all that. And, now they're talking about how many days can I work from home and uh, can I work for four days? And it makes things very, very competitive and employees potentially very uh, appreciative. So I don't know, just some some things to think about. I don't think these laws are really encouraging, really, when you think about a four-day work week. I think they're just trying to bump up the the minimum wage in a back way, which always isn't a bad thing, but at least be honest with it and bump up the minimum wage. Uh, And I think it's kind of messing with the the natural flow of things, but that's just, that's just me. The, The important thing in my mind is it's starting to change our thinking about the importance of, of work in our lives. So yeah, just some things to think about. We'll follow up, uh, and monitor this for our listeners. We'll talk about it um, a little more um, down the line. Whoa, look at the time. Hey, I had this great email all lined up about um, purchasing art as an investment, but we don't have time for that. We'll save it for next week. Hey, if you're going to be at the Berkshire Hathaway shareholders meeting, give us a call. We'll we'll get together and have an ice cream. If not, I'll tell you about it next time. We'll talk about the email next time. Stay tuned. Thanks to Nick once again. And this is Dave Hagen. And you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.